0: You're listening to the Hockey Podcast Network, your home for hockey talk covering every team in the NHL. Download at the or wherever you get your podcasts from. <laughs>
1: Hello, welcome to Starcast Marks. My name is Ryan, and I am the host of Starcast Marks. This is the after game review for game number fifty-seven. The Stars lose tonight by a final score of seven to four to the New York Rangers, and it looked kind of rough here tonight. We're going to get into all the highlights and stuff here tonight, but first, we got to let you know. Thank you to DraftKings for sponsoring us and the whole hockey podcast network go use the promo code THP and the next time you go and use their app for a special little offer from them and go ahead and leave your comments in the comment section down below. And uh, we may pull your comment up here on the live stream or during the podcast. So uh, let us know what you think of tonight's episode. And uh, there's uh, both of us definitely have a lot of thoughts on this tonight. Don't we, Chris?
0: Yes, absolutely. Uh, It pretty much sucked overall. So (laughs)
1: And unfortunately, we have some bad news and some good news to get into before we even talk about this game. So let's just start with the bad news and the fact that Mira Haskinen is out indefinitely. That's not a good thing uh, with mononucleosis. Uh, Apparently, he's been kissing the wrong people or something. So (laughs) apparently, we'll we'll see how long it takes for him to get back into the lineup. But that kind of explains a lot of his play uh, as of recent.
0: Mm, I don't think so. I mean, he got sick and he stopped playing. They said he was going to be back in the lineup today. Uh, and then they found out he had mono because he wasn't getting better. So I think he got sick and then they found out. I don't think it was an ongoing thing. But it, anyway, this is like the first like indefinite list on something that I like actually agree with, because with mono, you really have no clue. Like he could be back in a couple weeks. He could be back in a year. Like we really just don't know.
1: And considering he's been our best defenseman for the past three seasons, that's a huge, huge miss to not have on your blue line if you're the Dallas Stars.
0: But what it does to your cap space is it frees up $8 million. So now, Nil has no reason to do nothing. The one thing that we said why we might stand pat is that we have no cap space. We got cap space now. We got plenty of it. So we're either buying or selling now. Period. End of story. Can't be sitting pat when we have eight nine million dollars of cap space available and what that also
1: does is it kind of nixes all of the Klingberg trade rumors at this point right i mean you would have to be an Unless absolute we're selling. idiot still i i still think that that's a stupid thing to do with Mira haskin and out i mean you're at least contending for a playoff spot and if you do sell it, then you're if you do trade john Klingberg at this point you're basically telling not just your team, but the entire fan base that, okay, I don't think this team is good enough to make the playoffs. Well, and we have already said that?
0: that. That was already that was already known. We were going to do that. So if we're selling, then we – so if we trade John Klingberg, we're selling all the way. And that was true from the start of this year even. So that's not really a new thing with the Hayskinen thing. I think that's still the same.
1: With this extra cap space, what do you think the Stars should do if they go out and get somebody, or some buddies?
0: Somebody who can score. Preferably a defenseman, obviously, but probably not going to happen. But just somebody that can score.
1: I was going to bring this up tonight, because he's been in a lot of trade rumors as of late over the past couple of weeks, but Jacob Chikrin... the arizona coyotes apparently is being dangled out there as trade bait but the ransom to get him is apparently really large and huge but he got hurt tonight apparently so i don't know if that's you know 100 going to keep him out for weeks or whatever but if you're the stars is that somebody that you would go out and get i mean if you're willing to part with like you know some of our top prospects who we've talked about on this show you know, like a, a Wyatt Johnson, a Maverick Bork, a Logan Stankoven. I really hope we keep him because I would really like him. But is trading those guys, some of our first round picks, a good idea to go out and get a Jacob Chicken? Because there was a lot of talk around stars, Twitter, stars, social media when Mira Haskinen was announced that he was going to be out for a while.
0: Yeah don't. Uh, that's that's where the tough call comes in is in trading those prospects because we have some of the best prospects that our franchise has ever had i mean these we, all three of those guys that you mentioned could be top six forwards very easily in the next three years so yeah i don't know it, it's a, it's a tough it's tough to say if you can get so, if you can get something for just picks and low-end prospects you absolutely do it but you know no one's gonna take that when they know what we have in our back pocket and in other leagues. So it's going to be tough. Well, the question is, is would you do that?
1: So let's say that the, the ask was.
0: Ryan, I'm trying to dodge the question.
1: (laughs) I'm not letting you dodge the question. Yes or no. Okay. Here, here's the, here's the trade. Jacob Chikrin coming to Dallas, going the other way, first round pick Maverick Fork and Wyatt Johnson.
0: I'm going to say no, because I don't think the team we have right now is good enough to win a Stanley cup. So I'll, I, that's what I'll, I'll say no. It's just not worth it. It hurts our chances in the future, so I'm going to say no.
1: Okay, that's a, that's a good question.
0: What about you? Um, I, I wouldn't do it. Me answer it. No, I wouldn't not? do
1: it. I, same reason. You, I mean, for the same reason you said, because I don't think this team is good enough to contend for a Stanley Cup. And, you know, they're just extremely inconsistent. Some days they look like a top six team, and then other times they look like a – Middle of the pack to below average team. so which
0: we'll get into tonight. But before we do that, let's go ahead and move on to the next set of news.
1: Right, one more thing, and I don't think you liked this idea, but I threw out why don't you go out and get
0: Zedano Chara
1: as like a third pairing guy? What do you think? That would be that would just be cool, right? Just to have Zedano Chara on your blue line,
0: it would definitely be cool. Would it be smart? No, it would be stupid,
1: even if you give up a sixth or seventh round pick. I think that's all that but, it would take. To why? Get. Why? <laughs> be- because you need some, uh, somebody else in the blue line. And
0: if you think that this team is good Not enough really. to make we the have playoffs. Harley and Hanley and Sekra is coming back soon. So we don't really need anybody. I guess that's true, but I just think it would be cool. Anyways, so jumping into the other bit of news that the
1: stars made over the last three days is the fact that it is some good news. Uh, Joe Pavelski is staying in Dallas, at least for another year. He actually took a pay cut in order to stay in Dallas. So he has a 5.5 cap hit next season, which for those of you that don't know, he has a $7 million cap hit right now. Um, However, some of that cap hit is also included with bonuses. So he has $500,000 in bonuses if he plays more than 50 games. So every 10 games that he plays next year, he earns an extra $100,000. And for those of you that don't know how signing bonuses work towards the cap, because it does go work towards the cap, the $5.5 million will 100% be on the cap next season. If Joe Pavelski plays all 50 games, like he says in his contract, that $500,000 is applied to the year after. So that's just the way that it works with the cap with the NHL. But Chris, what do you think of the deal?
0: Good, bad? It's great for us. I just don't know what Joe's doing. (laughs) I mean, he could go make $7 million just the same somewhere else. Especially with a one-year deal, he could make eight, honestly. So I'm thrilled for us, but I have no idea why he did it.
1: And he's a perfect companion to those two young guys. And I mean, that line has been one of the best lines in the NHL this season.
0: And I had talked about not signing him again next year for truly selling and everything. But for 5.5 for one year, yeah, you take that every single time. It's a good deal,
1: especially for the Stars. And I think it's a good deal for Joe Pavelski too because I I know you're saying that he could have gotten (laughs) 8 million or something like that, but I think more people are going to look at his age and the fact that he's playing with two young guys who are really scoring and, and that would be a detriment to him. But uh, I think it, I think it's good both ways for, for the Stars and Pavelski. And hopefully we're looking at the end of the season and, and thinking, okay, this was a great idea to do to keep us in contention for the Stanley Cup playoffs. But we'll see. We'll see. Yep, we will see. Okay, anyways, uh, after those two bits of news, let's go ahead and get into this game tonight. Original thoughts coming out of tonight's game, Christian.
0: I thought we were going to show up and – kind of dominate after our bad last game, but that definitely didn't happen.
1: I have a couple of thoughts in tonight's game. My biggest one is I felt the stars tried to play the Rangers brand of hockey. And that's not the way that the stars win games. They were going very North and South kind of game. And I mean, there was a lot of transition hockey, a lot of odd man rushes both ways. And that's not how the stars win. Unfortunately, and uh, they, tried to play, they tried to play that brand of hockey, especially early on in the first period. That first period was absolutely insane. I've never seen anything like that uh, this season from, you know, either the Stars or any opponent that the Stars have played this season. But anyways, let's go ahead and just get into the goal summary for tonight. Um, I did take some notes. Uh, I got hacked off. So in the third period, I didn't really take much notes, but I can still talk about it. Um, right off the bat Esa Lindell gets his fourth of the year from Joel Hanley and it's a backhand shot that I think Igor Sistorokin would probably want back if he had another chance at that. What do you think?
0: Yep. Uh yeah, I don't know what happened. I guess he wasn't actually ready and needed some more warmups, but it went in. It was a good shot. I mean, he he got it over his shoulder pretty much bar down, but like it was barely moving. Like just stick your head at it and yeah, I don't know.
1: I think it was a very fortunate goal for Eslandel. Yes. <laughs> Very fortunate goal.
0: It's a good way to put it.
1: Um, there was a bad turnover by Harley, and then Ottinger to the rescue. He made a couple of uh, big saves tonight, although overall it was mixed bag, especially that sixth goal. We'll get into that here in a second. No.
0: But I'm a, uh, about – sorry, go I, ahead. I, Hold on. i, I got to stop you on that one. Mixed bag is wrong. Ottinger was bad. He played bad. He didn't make a big save when we needed it, especially during that – three goals in two minute section or was it, was it four goals in two minutes? I don't even remember the lots of goals, really fast part. Y'all remember that part, right? He didn't help us very much there. I don't think you can't point at one specific goal and say that's his fault on that section, but he wasn't helpful. Uh, and the final two goals of the game are asinine. Those are terrible.
1: Hey, that's my the, word.
0: The wraparound by Nimeth never goes in ever. Nimeth was trending on Twitter because he finally scored. He was 14th overall on national Twitter trends because he never scores. His second goal of the the year, too. His 10th of his career. That doesn't go in, ever. And obviously, the last goal is awful. No way on earth that ever goes in. It's terrible. I mean, I don't know what he's doing. Both of them are just like... I don't even know. Like, just not paying attention, because the first one's just sitting on his pad and he just doesn't notice it. The next one just goes straight through him. So uh, uh, I don't know. It was it was an awful game. It wasn't a mixed bag. Odinger was bad.
1: He had some. He had some saves though. How about that? Is that <laughs> fair to say?
0: I'll give him five good saves, but none of them were game changing. Save like if they went in, I would have been like, uh. So no.
1: And we should also get into this and the fact that who was Ottinger's backup tonight was Adam Scheel of the Texas Stars because Braden Holtby has a lower body injury. And then also everyone's like, wait, where's Dobby? Dobby is is the next, he's hurt too. So all of a sudden our goaltending depth, which looked really deep at the beginning of the season is now non-existent. And now we have to rely... On Jake Ottinger to basically be a behemoth in the in the net for the Dallas Stars over the course of the next month.
0: Yeah, I think Sheel was on the Idaho Steelheads like just two years ago, so that's an ECHL team. So he's probably not NHL ready. So there's no chance on earth he was getting in tonight. I honestly thought we might see him
1: tonight. I no. honestly did because there the, was not the four goals a si- in two minutes.
0: There was not one moment when Bones thought, ah, maybe I should put him in. No. not Maybe not against
1: the Rangers. If it was the Arizona Coyotes, maybe. Even then, no way. Anyways, uh, a couple of minutes later, Sagan would get a deflection from a the shot to make it 2 nothing Stars, and it looked really good at the beginning in the first five minutes for the Dallas Stars. And then literally after that, everything kind of went downhill. Uh, I should mention that Sagan is one away from getting his 300th goal of his career. So hopefully he, uh, he gets that. And uh, I even put this on my notes is that the, the Rangers defense is like Swiss cheese right now. And I mean, we were getting through it and we were putting some pressure on and yeah, it was two nothing. And then the barrage comes first goal comes from something McKegg. I don't even know his first name, never heard of him. And that's his second goal of the year from Miller and Gautier. and it's just a tip shot that happens to get past Ottinger. It's 2-1 Dallas, and that's about halfway through the first period. A um, couple minutes later, Stars would take a penalty. I forget who it was. Hints. It, and, dude, that hurt, that looked like it real hurt. Yeah. It was basically spearing. <laughs> I wouldn't call it a hooking. <laughs> but anyways, uh, uh, Mika Zibanejad would, would get his 23rd of the year from Ryan Strom and Panarin. That was a power play goal. So the Stars continue to have a mixed bag on the penalty kill after doing really well. And then uh, Adam Fox, two minutes later, would get his eighth of the year from Jacob Truba and Artemi Panarin. 3-2 New York Rangers, literally, 10 minutes later, and then uh, Artemi Panarin was like, oh, cool, this little goal thing looks kind of like fun. And he pots one himself, his 16th of the year from Miller and Hunt. And that would be 4-2 Rangers going into the second intermission. What was your thoughts with that four-goal barrage from the New York Rangers?
0: Uh, my jaw was just on the floor. <laughs> I mean... Ben and Sagan look like pylons out there. They're just li- literally skating circles around every single player on our team. So much for our checking line. Great, great there. So much for Ben and Sagan being such good two way forwards. Terrible there. I mean, I-, I don't know what was going on. It, it was terrible. It is the worst defensive performance from the stars in a very long time. It's in been such a, a short while. segment. So, oh, and,
1: and this goes back to what I felt like was the biggest observation for me tonight and that was the fact that the stars looked like they were trying to out the rangers that's how the rangers play they they get odd man rushes they do the transition game and that's not how the stars play they they looked uncomfortable in that first period because of the way that the game was going and the way that the rangers were playing stars are not comfortable with that way and they they fed right into the rangers forecheck with that Um, Kiviratsu would have a chance late in the first period, but that was about it. In in the last 15 minutes of the first period, it was basically all Rangers, no Dallas. So it was, you can even say that the Stars played a good half period in the first period. It was really just the first five minutes and a lucky shot from Essa.
0: Pretty much was it.
1: Hey guys, this is Ryan here. The NHL season has been packed with dirty dangles, hat tricks, and big wins. As the action rolls on, DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL, has your shot to win big too. New customers can bet just $1 on any team and get $150 in free bets if they win. That's right. A bump in the win column for your team means free bets for you. If Sportsbook isn't available in your state yet, you still have a shot to light the link. Everyone can play for huge cash prizes with DraftKings Daily Fantasy Hockey Contest. DraftKings is giving all new customers a free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes with their first deposit. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now, use the promo code THPN, bet just $1 on any NHL team, and get 150 in free bets if they win. That's promo code THPN at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL. 21 years of age or older, restrictions apply, see show notes for details. Second period, Fox would take a tripping penalty early. The Stars would kill it off barely, but Sabinejad looked like he would have a huge chance, but he whiffed on it. Um, Lindgren would get a penalty, and the Stars would go on the power play. It was time to get one back, but they wouldn't get it back just quite yet, but the Stars would get a five-on-three power play for about 26 seconds because of a tripping penalty by Brodzinski. Excuse me. I said that wrong. Um, at 12:49 in the third, second period, Robo would get a goal, and that would be from Klingberg and Hintz to make it 4-3 to three Rangers instead of 4-2, to two, and that is the first 30-goal season for a Dallas Stars player since Tyler Sagan in 2018-2019. So what did you think of the goal by uh, Robo? Do you think that should have been a good goal, or do you think that should have been called back?
0: It's not a goal. But the way that they are calling this deflection rule so far this year, yeah, I guess it's a goal because you're allowed to literally soccer kick the puck into the net now. <laughs> and this is a part of the officiating thing that I've been talking about all year, ro- all year long. Goodness. And that's just that the rules are not the rules right now. <laughs> like, the officiating is not consistent. The rules aren't the rules. They're not calling the rule book. They're calling what they interpret the rule book to be. Like, we don't. We don't need them to be judges and interpret what should be. We know what should be. (laughs) They're supposed to be enforcing it. So, and it's just wrong.
1: Since you went ahead up and brought it, I'm going to bring this up too, because I need to go back and look at it again. But right before the 6-4 goal by uh, Barkley (sighs) Doudreau, apparently a lot of Stars fans were upset at the fact that Harley did not draw a call. Do you remember that play
0: at all? Oh, yeah, that was totally a hook. I mean, he. So,
1: so you totally it, think that should have been called?
0: Yes, he had two hands. He had he moved his hand up to, up the shaft of his stick to get leverage, grabbed onto him, and then pulled him down to the ice. But again, it's the last five minutes of the game, so the refs don't call anything. And it's a big guy on a small guy. Not gonna call anything. And I know so, that
1: probably should. I know that probably should have been called. But at the same time, Otter should have had that save. There, there's no oh, excuse yeah. for that one to go through if you're if you're Jay Cottinger, that's that should not go in but anyway uh the stars would get that goal from robo four to three and it was at the last second in that first penalty so they would stay on the penalty on the power play excuse me um and there was a lot of good work on that power play by the stars but the rangers were able to kill off that uh, second penalty there and in the second i don't know how you felt about the play overall but did you feel they were playing better overall in in the second period compared to the first
0: they're playing much better i mean and you can see that on the shot counter too we have way more shots than the rangers did in that second period i thought we pretty much dominated that period and we had way more scoring chances and we should have scored more and we leave the period as you're about to tell us we leave it tied we don't we didn't gain anything that period because of poor goaltending
1: And what Chris is talking about is a goal by Patrick Nemeth, which we already mentioned, his second of the year from Panarin and Hunt. And it was a wraparound shot, and that's a goal that should never go in.
0: It was a wraparound that was saved, and then Otter just left it on his pad. And
1: some people are arguing that the whistle should have come sooner, but if the puck was loose, then the puck was loose.
0: The puck wasn't under his pad, it was on his pad. And it's not like Nemeth jammed it through. He it flipped over Otter's pad. It's a goal. I mean, he just left the puck there. You don't get a whistle if the cup if the puck isn't covered. Just you have a giant paw. Just eh. It's not that hard. (laughs) (laughs) And
1: especially after that second period, I know that we were still down a goal, but I felt very optimistic going into the second intermission because of the way the stars were playing. And I was thinking, okay, you know, we're down by a goal, but we outplayed the Rangers. The first period, we didn't play our game. We were trying to play their game. The second period, we were mostly playing their game. And then that goal was completely deflating. Completely, 100% demoralizing.
0: I mean, you play a great period. You're one goal away. It it seems like it's no doubt that we're going to get it into, that we're going to get the last goal in the third to tie it up. And, and they we get, did. We, we, we got the fourth goal. We got we it. We did. Yeah, we got it, too. And they have the one scoring chance, and they score on it. And that's barely even a scoring chance. I mean, it's just a mistake. It's just a flat-out mistake by Otter. It's just bad. Before that,
1: I want to point out that Klingberg had several opportunities to shoot tonight as well. And this happened at, like, the 7.20 mark of the second period, and he just was consistently missing the net. And, and that won. seems to be a... That seems to be a stat line that I would be really interested to get into if I can really do the research on it. Maybe we can tell James to get on it. But, like, how many shots the Stars have missed when they've had a prime opportunity? Because Kleinberg had at least two or three tonight where he had prime opportunities. Only one hit the net, and the other two, he just completely went – he shot wide.
0: Yeah, you so, wonder why he's not scoring.
1: Don't know. And uh, unfortunately for him, this is the worst time to not be scoring if you're wanting an eight-year deal for $8 million. Anyways, uh, going into the second intermission, I'm not feeling super optimistic about this. But it's still a two-goal game. We've seen the Stars pull out victories and comebacks before like this. Maybe not necessarily from two goals, but still felt a little optimistic because of the way that the Stars played. And I, I was thinking that the Stars could overcome you know, Otter's really, really bad gaffe there at the end of the second. But through the third period, the, the, the stars were doing okay, but doing the period well. was going by really fast. I just didn't mm-hmm. think they were doing as well as they were in the second period, which I totally understand True. because they were down, they were only down by one. And then that goal happened and was completely demoralizing. But uh, Mr. One Year Extension, Joe Pavelski, would get his 23rd of the year from Hanson Klingberg, and that made it 5 to 4. Rangers. And it allowed the stars to get some energy in the building and the building was starting to become raucous again. And I mean, there was a, a big hit by Ben. There were, there was a lot of good play in front of Shosturkin when we were getting opportunities. And I don't know, it, 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 how did you feel like that first half of that period? I, I it felt was great.
0: Okay about it. I felt great about it. I mean, we had scoring chances all over the place pretty much kept the Rangers pinned in their own zone the whole time. I think they had one shot in those first 10 minutes of the game, and we had, like, at least seven. So, yeah, we were destroying them, and then it just stopped. And the stop you're talking about
1: is the Goudreau goal that we were talking about should never go through it. I mean, Razor put it best when it was basically like a wet bar soap went through Jay Gottinger's legs, and that would make it six to four Rangers. And that's two really demoralizing, you know, breathtaking, not in the good way, goals that Ottinger should have had. And yep. that pretty much ended the game for the Stars at that point.
0: This goal would not even be listed as a scoring chance by anybody on earth if it's saved. It's just a routine save.
1: There should be a routine save.
0: And, I mean, that, that kills it. I mean, even at that point, I was like, yeah, the Stars are going to score, no doubt. And that that just destroys all momentum we had, even after giving giving up another huge gaffe goal for in the second period. So he gives up two and that's the game. I mean, really, like we, we have two really bad minutes where they score three goals. We overcome it fully, play so much better. And our goalie can't even do like the minimum that he has to do for us to win the game. So we talk a lot about about him being the reason we win hockey games, and even if he saves the Nimeth goal and the Barclay Goodrow go, goal, he's still not the reason we win because he he didn't stop any of the ones in the first period, and he he's he's the reason we lose tonight. Honestly, he is. It's it's he's the number one reason. We should never score four goals and lose the hockey game. That should not happen
1: against, against. And we should point this out as well that. Igor Shosturkin, if he doesn't win the Vesna this season, it's unbelievable. And yeah. maybe maybe even the Hart Trophy with the way that he's been playing. Tonight was an off game for Igor Shosturkin. I mean, I think uh, – I can't remember. I think it was Razor who said he had allowed one goal in six of his last nine starts. So, like, just one goal. All the Rangers had to do was score two in the last six of their nine games in order to win the game. And that's pretty but, I mean, much what they've been doing.
0: Mm-hmm. <laughs> Scoring and, two
1: and that's it. <laughs> and they had some amazing stats with the fact that like the Rangers had the most wins when they're outshot, they had 24 wins when they were outshot. And that was about five more than the team that was second place in that, uh, in that chart of, for, I don't even remember who it was second. doesn't matter, but man, that's a game I really wanted to win. It, 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 this one just really hurts because you felt like the stars could come back and win this game and, you know, normally the thing that we can rely on, which is goaltending, we weren't able to rely on tonight. Yeah.
0: Pretty, and pretty let, severe blow up.
1: And let me ask you this question, too, because this is, this does not make me feel very good or very happy about the next couple of weeks. If Adam Steele is the backup and both Holtby and Hudobin are. You know, out they're going to be out for a while. Let's just say that they're out for a while.
0: They've already said Holtby's is the short term, though.
1: Still, but it, my, my thing is, d- without having Holtby or who dove in as the backup, does that really shatter Ottinger's confidence? Because this no, is the one is game the I can, anyway. I, I know, but the, the thing is, is when you've got somebody like that who's behind you and watching you and can help you in between. You know, during TV timeouts, I know it doesn't seem like much, but Ottinger relies a lot on, on Braden holby and Anton Hudowin. And I even been
0: I don't think that's true. I mean, the, the games earlier this season, he had two games where he was pulled from the net back-to-back, and Holtby was there both times, and then played great. And, I mean, that didn't stop it then, so why would it stop it now, him being on the bench? I mean, it, it I just know. gives I, you an I, out. I, you still sucked. I mean, if he was pulled after the first four goals, he still sucked, and he didn't help us win. So, I mean, <laughs> well, it makes me wonder if Ottinger, if the pressure got to Ottinger
1: tonight, where he was like, oh crap, I don't have Braden or Anton, and this guy
0: named Adam Shield was behind me, and
1: now all the pressure is on me. I wonder if, that if got going
0: 1v1 him. against Marc Andre Fleury and getting a shootout and getting a shutout and then getting a shootout win wasn't pr- enough pressure to break him, then no. Going up against the Rangers, who are in a different conference. Is not gonna shake his confidence, so no, that's just wrong. And I'm not disagreeing with you.
1: I'm just, I'm just asking a question. Dumb question. Some, some people were asking that question on.
0: Well, Twitter those are dumb people. Earlier. So, anyways, uh,
1: let's get into some stats for tonight. Faceoff percentage for the Stars: sixty-three to thirty-seven in favor of the Stars. Power play: one for two for both teams tonight. Uh, hits: it wasn't an overly. You know, physical game. It was 23 to 19 in favor of the Stars, and then the shots on goal per period tonight. It was 14 to 11 in favor of the Rangers. In the first and the second, it was 13 to 8 in favor of the Stars. In the third, it was nine to seven in favor of the Stars. Stars outshoot the Rangers tonight, 33 to 29, and the Rangers get their 25th win when getting outshot. And but unlike most games, uh, Shostakin was not the reason why the Rangers got the win tonight. So anything that any, any specific thing that we should kind of point out else in tonight's game.
0: Ardell had a good point about Guryanov being non-existent, especially the last couple of games, which I defended him a while ago, but this game, he has zeros across the board. He has one hit. He has one takeaway, which those are terrible stats and 15 minutes of ice time. He did nothing. He was not noticeable. I didn't even, I couldn't even tell you if he was there tonight. So he was pretty terrible. And then we can move along even to Glendinning. Glendinning, zeros across the board, a minus two, six hits. At least he's good on the faceoff dot. And then 14 minutes of ice time. I mean, that's not helping us either. Same with Foxa, two minutes. Same with Ben, not two minutes, Foxa minus two. That's our checking line, checking line. They're supposed to be good on the defense. Minus two. Jamie Benn, supposed to be great two way player, minus two. Raffle, minus one. Like I mean, these are the guys that are supposed to be our solid backbone. Like, no. <laughs> it's just it's just not true. The, our, the, those bottom six guys are not good and they haven't been good for us all season. And when they are good, we've been a great team. That's when we went on that great run playing so well against Colorado, Minnesota, Nashville and stuff. But they're just not playing well consistently. And I mean, if the guys who are the most replaceable aren't playing well, then like, I mean, what does that say to the young guys who are trying to make a spot?
1: And you didn't even say the most egregious one tonight, Chris. It was minus three for John Klingberg,
0: no, we who, didn't.
1: when we really need him to be our best defenseman, he wasn't our he's best not.
0: defenseman tonight. And
1: and that's why and he's I not know-
0: getting. That's why he's not getting the most time on ice and it's suitor because he's a better defen- defensive defenseman than Klingberg is. Which is not good for somebody who's expecting to get paid eight million dollars a year.
1: And I, I know that he made it onto the score sheet tonight, but still, with the fact that Klingberg has not been able to step up, with Miro being out, and Miro's going to be out for a while now. Who, who do you look? Who do you look to, Harley? <laughs> yep, Harley. Come <laughs> I mean, on, buddy. A twenty-one-year-old. I, I don't. And actually, I don't even think he's twenty-one. I think he's twenty. And yep. you're going to rely on a 20-year-old to go and do that. And, you know, I, I should mention that tonight with him. There were a lot of good plays that he made tonight, but there were also a lot of bad plays that he made tonight. And I know I know he was really trying to get the offensive game going for the Stars tonight, but it was just – it was a little too much. And, the, the, I mean, one of the few things that Otter did well tonight was at the beginning of that first period, Harley had that really bad turnover, and Otter bailed Harley out but
0: speaking of utter let's get to the most egregious stat of the game go ahead (laughs) save percentage for jake ottinger 786 i don't think i've seen a seven in a while that's pretty dang bad that's really bad
1: um you know just uh it let's look at the time on ice that might be a little interesting to take
0: your time on ice 58 minutes there you go (laughs) you're welcome uh jacob peterson only five
1: minutes kiviranta six and a half uh well, michael rock why is jacob peterson 13? on the ice
0: instead of riley tufty when peterson somehow allowed a goal in those five minutes he was on the ice too i don't know <laughs>
1: i don't know and i mean harley's they they actually gave a lot of ice time to the bottom third pairing today I mean, normally you don't see this, but Thomas Harley had 17 minutes and 45 seconds, and Joel Hanley had 16 minutes and 43 seconds. So he didn't rely as much on the top four tonight. And and we even we even talked about this, Chris. It's like with Mira Haskin and being out, you can't rely on your top four as much as you did the three previous games. So I mean, those guys didn't play 22 or didn't play 26, 27 minutes tonight but we lost the game.
0: So yeah, is, look what is, it is that what we Seven have to goals.
1: do? Is that what we have to do? Basically just ride the top four defensemen and just ask them to play 26, 27 minutes a, a night. If
0: you're trying to make it in the playoffs. Yeah, I guess. But I mean, obviously that's not going to work long term. So
1: it's not, which is what makes me think this team needs to go out and get another defenseman. If you're really thinking you're, this is, I mean, this is going to be a playoff year. And I'm not necessarily saying like a Jacob Chikrin. I, I should point that out. But somebody else, because this d assuming that Miro's out for the next month, is not good enough. And I don't think that the saving grace is Andre Secera. I'm sorry. As much as I love Andre Sekera, <laughs> he's he's not going to be the saving grace of this blue line. He's not. Nope, he's been out he's for not. a while now. And he's not the offensive, you know, really steady defenseman that Mara in is. So I, I, I just don't know what the answer is for this for the Stars team. I mean, what do you what do you think, Chris? Do you think we should still go out and get somebody?
0: I think not if to we're gonna really lose, different? I think if we're gonna lose, we better lose hard, and then we better sell before trade deadline, which is coming up here, right? Uh, when is
1: the trade deadline, Chris?
0: That's a good question, Ryan. Uh soon. I think it's next week, actually.
1: Deadline. Trade deadline. NHL trade deadline. Monday, March 21st. So I'm a is that, nine days. Nine days until that. So
0: And we could be out I of think, the playoff spot tonight, I think. Are yep. we? Uh we are currently still in the playoff spot,
1: but Last I looked, the Edmonton Oilers, who are just underneath us, were winning one to nothing over the Tampa Bay Lightning. And Good it is deal. currently still one nothing in the second period with Edmonton over the Lightning. So we'll see how that goes. But
0: gotta love that.
1: Yep. I think that's it. Anything else, Chris?
0: Nope. I don't want to talk about this game anymore.
1: I know we kind of beat it with a beat it to death tonight. Anyways, guys, thank you all for the comments over here in in the chat uh, below tonight. Thank you guys for uh, tuning in and commenting along. We appreciate all that. Please make sure you go follow all of our social media accounts. We have just about anything and everything, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. Go on and follow all that sort of stuff. Um, Thank you once again to DraftKings Sportsbook for sponsoring us and being our sponsor not just for us. But also the entire Hockey Podcast Network. So, thank you guys for tuning in once again. And uh, we will catch you guys on the flip side. We hope you guys have a good, fantastic evening, morning, afternoon, whenever you're listening. Have a good night.